On today's show, it is time for the top five news stories of the week, as well as a couple others. This is coming up on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Traveling with a Mouse. Thursday, April the 11th, and it is also Masters Tournament starting day, now that I think about it. Who's in the lead? Right. It is, yeah. I don't know. Well, we're recording early in the day, so we don't really know. So yeah, that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Sure is. My name is John. His name is Adam. Hello. This is episode 203 of Traveling with a Mouse, and uh, let's get right into the news because we never know exactly how long we're going to spend right on each story, so yeah, we might as well just jump right into what we have for today. So I'm going to lead with a story that refers back to the high-speed train story That's I think we first talked about this November-ish, if I remember right. Yeah. It may have been back when the, there were some some of the lines open, but for anybody that lives in South or Central Florida, you know that their um, Virgin, which was formerly Brightline, trains started making their rounds from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm Beach back in January of 2018. And as of May of that same year, lines south to Miami opened up and extensions from West Palm Beach to Orlando are scheduled to happen in 2021 or early 2022. While the plan was always to have a station at Orlando International Airport, it appears they're actually looking at including a a line that goes directly to Disney. A piece from the Orlando Sentinel stated that they're set to open a link with Sunrail's Meadowood station, or set to open about the same time as Virgin, and they expect to have it done and build out to Disney is basically the statement. His, his statement specifically is, it's our expectation to get it done and to build out to Disney, was the Virgin Trains president, Patrick Goddard, which is what he said about the lines. said in construction is expected to take between 30 to 36 months, and they signed a letter of intent with Disney last year. The founder of Venture Capital Virgin Group said that Orlando is very important to us. Connecting Orlando to Miami is a real dream. Coco slash or dash Orlando line is proposed to operate at high speeds of up to 125 miles per hour. And the Miami to West Palm Beach trains will operate at speeds of up to 79 miles per hour. And West Palm to Coco, it's a max of 110 miles per hour. So that means roughly that a trip from Miami to Orlando could be made in under three hours taking this train, Mm. which would be convenient for those that are wanting to maybe do a Miami cruise along with, you know, staying in uh, Disney. It makes it a little more convenient. Obviously, the most convenient for doing the land and sea is Canaveral, apparently. But, you know, if you can make it... To Miami in under three hours, that's becomes feasible to do both of those. You know, yeah. more feasible. I, the only more thing like I don't see in here and that I'm very curious about is where they're going to put this station. You know, it made me think, and I don't know that it has anything to do with it. You know, those properties that I think we were talking about that's over there close to Celebration, or there was some oh, land yeah, that right. Disney was like. I'm, I'm wondering if that 
might have something to do with the high speed train more so than any other Disney yeah. projects. That's a good point. I mean, it could be it crossed my mind. Yeah, those are fairly far away from the developed Disney property. So right. Disney would probably have to build some sort of transportation or bus route from there to the actual Disney property. Right. And you got to think that area that we're talking about would be close enough to to make that work. Um, it's yeah. it's definitely closer than the airport, and they already do transportation from the. They may have something like DME. Or for those of you that don't know the uh, the abbreviation, um, Disney's Magical Express, they might you know be using that to transport people, or something something along those lines to transport people from the the train station to the resort. Yeah. Um, but putting them that close is better than most things that they have right now, as far as yeah. outside transportation goes. That's what I, I keep thinking back to the original plans of Disney World, like an entrance complex or a uh, yeah something like that that they can were going to originally build. Well, you know, it, you think about the original. Well, I say original, not really original. The the train s- system that they have at or they had. I think it's gone away now, if I'm not mistaken. I remember reading something about that at um, MCO. Yeah. Where the the trains actually went outside, mm-hmm. you know, Disney could have had something similar to that that would would transfer. Um, that's right. kind of like a people mover. Is really that's basically what that is. Yeah, makes you wonder if they would actually do that. But I don't think Disney would invest that much. Honestly, they'd probably mm-hmm. just run buses know. to somewhere. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they've. Put the money that they they've put the money in the uh, innovation into the Skyliner, so yeah, there's that for their own resorts. But for I don't know, maybe they would. That would be cool. Um, either way, I think this is helpful. I don't think we would personally use this, but I think it's great to be able to connect Miami to Orlando. Like I said, I would consider it potentially for the, the connecting for a cruise. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I would consider it. That that gives you a whole lot more options than just having to do all the only Canaveral if you want to do land and sea. But you know, Floridians in particular that are making you know commutes here and there would probably be more likely to use it. Yeah. yeah. And if you're coming yeah. in from the airport, it would be very helpful. You wouldn't have to rent a car, especially now that the resorts charge a fee for renting a car. So. Yeah, it'd be easier helpful. for people in the Miami area that say wanted to make a weekend trip. Yeah, to exactly. Disney. I mean, wouldn't have be a to lot drive, and yeah, it'd be yeah. nice. So, well, speaking of railways, uh, we have a rumor to talk about with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and I will definitely emphasize that this is a rumor currently because Disney hasn't said anything officially about this, but with Galaxy's Edge opening earlier than expected, much earlier than expected. There's been some rumors circulating that the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is actually going to be delayed until early 2020 instead of the fall of this year, which it was supposed to be. And I understand the thought of it. It, It's because if Galaxy's Edge opens, uh, there's no... It's going to steal all the thunder, I guess, away from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, so they want 
maybe a little separation there to to give it some attention when it opens. Maybe. I find it hard to believe that they would delay the opening for an of an attraction that would actually help oh, yeah. pull, the crowd, pull yeah. some crowds away. Right. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I mean I get the thing about it is, is it's not like people are going to go and like they're not going there and choosing between an, a, these two attractions. They're going to try to get them both in. So therefore, they're both going to have traffic, even if they're if they're open at about the same time. So I, I again, I don't see how that's going to make a difference. That that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me personally. You know what I mean? As yeah. far as that being a concern, anytime something new opens, it gets you know, a bit of fanfare, some things more than others. But anytime something new opens at Disney, it's, you know, it's new. It's stuff people have never experienced. It doesn't matter what it really is. They're going to at least go check it out once, if nothing else. So, you know, it's not, I don't think it's going to matter. It's not, if anything, like I said, it would might help the traffic if they're both open around the same time. Yeah. So, Right. I agree with you 100%. I think they should. I just, uh, I think this rumor got sparked from a recent blog post on the Disney Parks blog about the Hollywood Studios' 30th anniversary. It says they failed to mention an opening date or even a season for Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. That's like the, the newest thing that mentions it. They didn't say that it would open. So I think that's where this rumor came from. But there's no official word yet that they've actually changed it or delayed it, so we'll see. Well, between now and, if not before, definitely on D23, we're going to know. Yeah. Um, one way or the other. Which is coming up very soon. August will be here before you know it, so. Right. That's what I'm saying. We're going to know either before D23 or we're going to know on D23. So, I mean, I yeah. I find it hard to believe. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just throw this out there. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, August the 29th, like they decide to go ahead and open them both. And that would actually might, you know, that would be a curveball. You know what I mean? Like two new attractions on the same day. I mean, I think that would help disperse some of the crowd, to be honest. I think a lot of people would want to try out Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. I I, I wonder, they can't possibly be worried that much about, you know, the stealing the thunder away and then this attraction becoming a failure because it didn't get enough attention. I, I think people are no. going to really be excited about this this one. So, Well, I mean, it's going to be a state-of-the-art attraction. If it is what they claim it's going to be, then there's going to be yeah. some, you know, there's there, it's not going to have the hype that Star Wars is, what is. Right. But it's going to have something uh, surrounding it. Whenever the, the thing about it is that they're already missing the boat with what the fan base is trying to say to them anyway whenever they said, you know, that the fan base was you know, clamoring for original attraction ideas. No, we weren't <laughs> thinking original IP. We were literally thinking original attraction ideas. Yeah. Again, I know I've harped on this before, soapbox. but IE, yeah, get on my soapbox again. <laughs> IE, Expedition Everest, Mission yeah. Space, Test Track, you know, original ideas. Yeah. Let's see, Haunted Mansion. Right. The list goes on. But I, I would, uh, I'm excited about this. I've gone on record as changing my mind about the Mickey Mouse shorts, the new ones. I think they're awesome now. I really like them, and I'm I excited. I haven't really about given them a chance. Yeah, 
<laughs> I gotta be honest. I, I mean, well, you know, there's only so much stuff you can watch on TV. Right. Really, I mean, you have time to do. These uh, are good though. Right. But, there, there's a channel on the uh, TV and the Disney resorts that plays these constantly over and over again, and that's one of the things my son wanted to watch, and it, it got me into it. And they're they're very funny. <laughs> I enjoy watching them. I was actually about to say, in recent years, uh, the only time I've really caught them is like when I'm passing through the hotel lobby. And, uh, right, you I see, see it. that it's on the TV. It's <laughs> like, like the, they're on all the time. The kids' TV area, like the little kids' area. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, though, a la ten years ago, it was the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse seemed like it was on every morning, uh, no matter which. Like if you went into, like say you were over at the Polynesian and you went into Captain Cook's, like on the TV there, it was Mickey Mouse Clubhouse <laughs> right. early in the morning. Yeah. So I mean things like that. So it's it's uh, changed, I guess, to the new animation of Mickey Mouse and so on and so forth. Anyway, so just it's a rumor. We'll see what happens. And just remember, can I remind everyone, we were like way off on Star Wars apparently, but I think we would have been (laughs) right if they had stuck to their original plan. One of us would have been. Yeah, I mean, the information we had at the time, we we were, you know, going on what we had. Yeah. And they... they... clearly changed the date like last minute they're like we right. scrambled for this right they scrambled uh to get it they they said okay our early um report on our numbers for the end of the fiscal year is not looking very good right let's open this land before the fiscal year is over yeah. and give it a boost exactly that's that is definitely i mean that has to be what happened yep. so all right, so Walt Disney World Resorts now charging handling fees for front desk and in-room grocery deliveries. I've never really felt the need to use in-room grocery deliveries while yeah. I'm at Walt Disney World. Right. Um, and I was just thinking back, although when I stayed at Beach Club not too terribly long ago, I could see why someone might would. I think that's, that resort was designed with the idea of people staying there and being kind of like a home away from home, which is really the way they... They they marketed and pushed the yeah. vacation club resorts in the early days, right? And because uh, there's there's like food wise there's like very there's hardly anything close to the beach club villas at all. So I think it was designed with you hanging out there almost like you were living there for the time period that you were you were uh, going to be there. If you enjoy things like Instacart or Amazon Prime to right. deliver groceries and other last minute necessities to your Disney hotel resort room, which I'm assuming people have done that, it sounds like. Yeah. You're going to have to figure in an additional expense to it because Walt Disney World Resorts are now going to charge a $6 handling handling fee per order for all in-room deliveries as well as for any package or grocery holds received through the front desk. The mail services tab basically on the Walt Disney World Resort website states... Receiving mail, and it says guests staying at Walt Disney World Resort hotels can receive mail through their stay. Occasionally, some guests choose to ship items in advance of their vacation to help save luggage space. If you intend to receive mail during your vacation, be sure the letter or package includes the mailing address of your Disney Resort hotel. Clearly features the word guests on the front and the date of your arrival. Please note that a $6 per package handling fee will apply to all packages that are received through the front desk or are delivered to your Disney Resort hotel room. 
for now, if you want to avoid the fee, you basically can meet your person delivering or the courier at the lobby instead of, you know, having yeah. Disney take it and take it from there, basically. Right. Which makes me, I'm curious about this. Like, if you're staying at, say, Caribbean Beach or one of the moderates or values, can you tell the person with, like, Instacart or whatever that you're in this particular room and they can drive straight to you rather than... Good, or good question. When you check in at the front gate, maybe they make you stop at the front desk? I don't know. But If you were to provide that information and you're actually there... Feel like there's no problem with them meeting you there, but yeah. I think the handling fee comes in because they order this stuff and they're not actually at their room at the time, right? Yeah, I think may- that's maybe where that yeah, comes in. it gets dropped off at the front desk. Yeah, maybe. And I could see that definitely being a hassle at the front desk if there's tons of, I mean, if there's a lot of people that end up doing it and then they right. have to like be the go between right. and take It'll this stuff. Tie up a lot of, uh, of yeah bell services or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of understand on that side of things. It says this change came into effect as of April 1st, so it's already going. Yeah. Really, with all you're being charged for and what you pay at the end of the day anyway, unless you're looking at your itemized bill, you're probably not even going to miss it, truthfully, with everything else. Yeah, I mean, because you are going to pay a premium for having food delivered anyway, so this is just adding an extra fee on top of that. But what really bothered me about this story was the media outlets using clickbait headlines to get people riled up about thinking that Disney was charging for like any bill services like getting your bags and taking them to your room is now going to be a $6 fee that's not at all what they're talking about right that was totally misconstrued uh, thinking that they charge you in essence you do pay for it because I mean a tip is expected but yeah I mean, obviously, it's optional if you want to be a douchebag and not tip. You know, that, <laughs> exactly. And most, but, a lot of people um, are, I'm sure. I'm, I guarantee you. Yeah. Typically, people will tip for that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, the way it was worded, it made it sound like they were starting to charge for those services. And that just based on the type of person that I just mentioned, um, <laughs> I wouldn't surprise me if eventually they even did start charging for that. And I, yeah. you know, I would understand if they did because of that. Right. It's just like, restaurants that go ahead and include a tip for certain number of parties well it's because larger parties will run those servers to death and then give them nothing yeah. or next to nothing right and uh it happened it's happened i know i've been in this i've been in that field before and it hmm. happened quite frequently back in the day right and uh it's one of the main reasons why they start giving like that now i know people will say well they don't automatically deserve it well and I, I understand that side of things too, but they had to do something for yeah. the people that, like the servers that were getting screwed, basically, for doing all that they could, and then the party's still not satisfied, and they leave them basically pennies. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just it wasn't right for one thing. Yeah, especially when most of those people are making below minimum wage and relying on tips, and they spend right. an hour and a half with your stupid giant group of yeah. people trying to make you and happy. I, you know. Yeah, I'm not gonna talk anyway. semantics. People saying, "Well, they ought to pay them," and all this. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue that point. You know how things are lined up and how things are set. You can make your voice heard by how much you tip. If you didn't enjoy the service, or if you really enjoyed it, you can tip even more. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a common courtesy type thing. If you ask me, yeah. it's a way of rewarding someone if they do it well by letting them know. 
hey, that they did a good job. I mean, they, they know that they did a good job if they get that extra from that from those customers. Yeah. And then, you know, there's times when they do a good job and the party is just difficult and they just leave them flat, you know, and that's mm-hmm. very deflating, really, right. when it's all said and done. So, yeah. yeah. Well, does the spring and Easter season put you in the Christmas mood like it does me? Oh, of course, you know, I've always put Easter bunnies and eggs together with Santa Claus. Exactly. Well, because of that, you can now buy your tickets for this year's Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Tickets are on sale now, and the dates for this year's Christmas Party are as follows. November 8th, 11th, 12th, 14th, 15th, 17th, 19th. 21st, 22nd, and 24th, December 1st, 3rd, 5th, 6th, 8th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 15th, 17th, 19th, 20th, and 22nd, and the tickets prices, of course, are going to vary by the date, the earlier you go, the cheaper it will be, but tickets quickly jump to over $100, it looks like the first few in November are going to be Actually, even the first one, because the first one always sells out now, the first one is $109 for a ticket. But after that, it goes down to 99 for the next few. And only the ones on Friday or Sundays are the ones that go over $100. But then, if you want to go right before Christmas, it's going to cost you $139 for an adult ticket. 134 for kids. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, that's not much less than the full day ticket on Christmas, which is 159 I believe, now for a one-day ticket on Christmas Day. Yeah. So. I mean, all I can tell you is people are obviously willing to pay it, so therefore that's why yeah. it's where it is. You know, exactly. It's not in a range where people are saying, oh, this is outrageous, or, or at least they're, if they're saying it, they're still ponying up the dough yeah so and it works you know we've talked about the parties and some past episodes and things before but i've i've kind of come i know i've kind of switched roles i think on this because i used to say that the halloween party was the best one to go to but i kind of feel like you know them starting it in august for one thing yeah. it's just and it, it's become a bit saturated yep and I know it's because of the popularity, but I don't know. It's almost like when something becomes a bit too popular, it ruins it. Yeah. And right. it's become, because they, they have no incentive to improve it, really, because they're selling them out without having to change a thing, hardly. They change right. very little. Yeah. And it's become just kind of ho-hum now. I've, gotten, I've thought about it. And I'm like, you know, the, the slight improvements that they made to the Christmas party Versus the no improvements, really, on the Halloween party. I've kind of leaning toward liking the Christmas party better, personally, now. I mean, what do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, this year, though, they are supposedly going to change the fireworks and a few other things. We'll see what the Halloween party actually ends up But if you being. choose between the two. If you had to choose between the two, instead of doing both, if you have to choose between the two, which one do you like better? Yeah, honestly, I do like the Christmas party a little bit better. Um, just because I like Christmas better, but yeah, better than Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I mean, Christmas is my favorite. See, I think. I mean, I know there's an audience for Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, but at the same time, I feel like 
the Halloween audience is more a little older and a little more yeah. um, drawn to, say, the Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal Studios. Right. I feel like. Maybe. I mean, this, like I said, it has its place over there. Kids love to dress up and the oh yeah, my son love to dress up with their kids and go like that. Right. But um, it has its place. But I feel like in general, I feel like that's more a Universal's thing, and Disney was trying to compete with that more or less. Yeah. When it was all said and done, like everything else, like Bob Iger, I feel like he like has these binoculars like out of his office, like watching every Universal's every move. And I don't feel like it's reciprocated <laughs> from Universal the same way. Yeah. It just doesn't seem that way, but right. whatever. <laughs> well, as far as the Christmas party, though, I'm a sucker for the parade with the reindeer and the, the wooden soldiers. Uh, Cause I grew up watching those from really from Disneyland, I guess. But as a kid watching that, you know, it's nostalgic, I guess. And ever since they updated the cookies to where there's a variety of them now in different locations, and some of those cookies are really good. I love the molasses one that was at Liberty Square this last year, and yeah. the sugar cookies they have. Uh, yeah, I'm a sucker for that. Yeah, they updated having the different treat stations, and it was a little better. Yeah, I, I love that. Overall, compared to what it was the very first time I ever went there when you, there's only one type of cookie, and you only could get it pretty much one place. Yeah. And you got some cider or what have you. Hence, right. when it got the name, like the name, the $50 cookie, I guess now it would be the $150 cookie if they were still going to do it the same. Right. Exactly. But, and you yeah. can't beat the snow on Main Street either, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, as impressed as I am with the Hollow Wishes, which I know they're changing that, the Holiday Wishes show is has always been really good. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it the way they've presented it in the past. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to change that show or not. Well, coming they, up this year, they haven't but, said, but you never know. They might. Yeah. They're trying to get rid of the wishes, you know, name because they've moved on from wishes. Played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they moved on from wishes to happily ever after. after. Yes, they've gone to yeah from wishing to the ending. You know, they're happily yeah. ever after now. Right. <laughs> so I wonder if there's a something prophetic in there. Anyway, we'll find out. It's going to be a really busy holiday season this year, I'm sure, because of Galaxy's Edge. So these might sell. That's what they're hoping so. for. Yeah. And the, I mentioned this earlier, but the, the first date, the fact that it's $109 instead of the 99 uh, tells you that obviously they have paid attention to the fact that everybody wants to be at the first one. And it does sell out a lot, the first show. So first party, I mean. And I wonder how many Someone. of these first nights of either of these parties are vloggers and YouTubers. Yeah, like 90%. Like what percentage? <laughs> a lot you of know people, what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people just have the fear of missing out. Yeah, they nothing against that in the community. I'm not knocking it necessarily, but you know, you got to think. That's got to factor into why these first ones sell out is because, you know, everybody feels like if they're doing, if they're in that field, they feel like it's, they're obligated or it's their job to be at the first one, no matter how, no matter what's changed as far as the, the party itself is yeah. gone, has gone, you know? Yeah. So, right. So we're going to move on to a lot of things going on at Epcot. They have announced that the final date for Illuminations will be September 30th and Epcot forever will begin the next day, October the 1st. Yeah. So, 
it's kind of, I guess, appropriate for it to start on October the 1st. I think there's a purpose behind that, you know? Yeah. Because Epcot opened in October 1st. There's not really a significant of the significance in the year this yeah. time around because, right. you know, this is what, 30, it's 37 years would be, right? It was 82, wasn't it, for Epcot? Mm-hmm. October 1st, 1982. So that would be 37 years later would be. So, you know, starting doing something like Epcot Forever, which is supposed to include classic Epcot, you know, music and attraction theming mm-hmm. throughout it, it makes sense for them to do it on October 1st. I, I kind of see the significance there. Yeah, it makes How sense. How do you feel about it? I get it. I think it's a good choice. What surprised me the most was some of the things that they talked about is going to be a new show, the Epcot Forever, which is not going to be forever. Right. It's not the new show. <laughs> it's the gap. It's the stopgap show, basically. Yeah. Uh, between that and the next one. Right. There's going to be jet skis pulling glowing kites, and there's going to be... Some classic Epcot music, which I think is the best part of this. I'm not so sure about the kites, but... Right, the kite thing, it's kind of, for those of you that may remember, it kind of goes back somewhat. It's kind of like a cross between the dragon boats and the the gliders or whatever it was they had for during Kaleidoscope back in the... I feel like that's what they're trying to get the feel of here with this. Yeah, that's what I was Just, thinking, because I feel like, like I remember something looking similar to this in yeah. the sky. But, of course, this is at night, not during the day. So, Right, the Kaleidoscope show was a daytime show. I think they're incorporating the elements of it that they yeah. can right. into the nighttime show as kind of the the, the tribute. Yeah, it would go along with the theme of the show, is like incorporating all of Epcot. So. Right. I remember seeing the Kaleidoscope show, the daytime show at Epcot, there's actually, we have a little bit of video of it from 1992. And I remember it from, from that year. I do remember watching it. You know, like I said, they had these dragon boats and thing. I mean, you get, if we, I don't think we have great footage of it. I'm not going to say why. Um, but um, <laughs> As to who was filming it, you mean? <laughs> right, right. Very We're going to leave that anonymous. <laughs> sure. My dad. I do remember that that particular, I do remember that particular show, though, involved big inflatables of like the different Disney characters out in front of the countries. Like they were yeah. wearing appropriate Costume. costuming on these, these big inflatables yeah, okay. for their respective country. I want to say Donald, of course, as always, because he was in three Caballeros. They always yes. put him in Mexico, in Mexico <laughs> with right. Maracas. And I want to say Chip and Dale, for whatever reason, represented China in that yeah, one. They, they seem to a lot for some reason. On a lot of different yeah. things, yeah. And let's see. Norway was open at that time. I don't remember who was representing Norway. Um, but all around. Of course, you know, if they have someone representing America, who else is it going to be? I mean, Mickey? let's be honest. Of course. <laughs> and I think Minnie was actually representing Japan, if I remember right. I, You know, I can't remember how they did the rest of the characters all around there. but I'm sure there's some other videos of this that are, like, complete on online somewhere. But I am a little concerned, like, for the safety of these people in jet skis while these fireworks are going off. Because if they're low to the ground like they were for illuminations, <laughs> I, I would be a little worried about driving 
Or the people if they're actually if they're actually in kites, if they have people like if they're flying well, people in these kites. Hopefully not. From the video that <laughs> actually the video that Disney officially released, it looks like they've been practicing or rehearsing these at night already because they showed some live video of the kites in flight. So it looks interesting. Well, speaking of the last bit of news out of Epcot is some updates on the Project Gamma that they were talking about, you know, this old concept art now that we got from D23 in 2017 that is thankfully out of date, but still a lot of changes coming. As we know, they've already filed permits for getting rid of the Innoventions West including like club cool and the character spot area and all that so it looks like some of interventions east is going to be demolished as well just just a small portion of it uh, according to this article uh, they're going to have a quicker pathway to get to the guardians roller coaster and of course the new play pavilion that's going to be where wonders of life uh, the old Wonders of Life Pavilion. So I like that change because it opens up the park a little bit more where you don't have to go all the way into the center and then take a left or right to get to like the land and the seas or to where Test Track and Mission Space and the Guardians is going to be. At least they'll have some shorter pathways to get to these other areas. But I'm glad it's not going to be this concept art, but... This old concept art where it looked like it was just a giant garden instead of with some weird pools in there. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, they're going to kind of open things up a little bit as far as the, the pathways go to there. Which is good. Um, That's a good yeah. thing. I mean, there's there's ways now. They're just not as obvious, I guess, to get, say, for instance, to the Living Seas or... What would have, what used to be anyway, Universe of Energy Pavilion. There are small, like, shortcuts that can get you there a little quicker, but most people don't know about them or can't really tell where they are. Yeah. <laughs> because they're not very, they're, they're, they're not really obvious. not very easy to find out. Yeah. You kind of have to go to the middle almost where the fast pass or the board, excuse me, that shows like the the wait times and stuff used to be. I think it's still there or close to where the fountains are, you have to kind of go to the very middle and choose which direction to go, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to head toward the land or if you want to head toward Mission Space, and then from there you choose which side. Right. And it says here that they're going to build a new festival center, like a permanent festival center, that is going to be near, basically where Club Cool and the Starbucks is now, is what it looks like that, that area is going to now right. be a new festival center that's a standalone building so they're going to completely level interventions west and club cool building and all that and it's going to be its own building yeah it looks like epcot's gonna become construction cot here yeah very soon for sure and of course spaceship earth is supposedly going to close for a very lengthy refurbishment so that um the whole front of epcot is going to be like inaccessible for a while seems like yeah so they're also supposedly building something called the Journey of Water Trail, which is interesting. And perhaps some sort of like, almost like a maze for kids, it says. I don't know if that's going to be like a hedge maze, similar to, say, Alice's Curious Labyrinth 
at Disneyland Paris, I'm guessing. Maybe something like that. I don't know. I, for quite some time now, have considered Epcot my favorite park. I don't know. I might feel differently once all these changes are done. We'll have to see how well how they're how they're done. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, a lot of things about Epcot. I've always said the mixture of technology and culture was one of the things that kind of appealed to me most about Epcot. Right. And that's why um, I considered it my personal favorite at that time. But I don't know. My feelings might be changing. I, I don't know that I really have one that I would favor over the other. But I guess for now it's still Epcot. Well, some of the changes I'm excited about, I think opening up Future World is going to make getting around a little bit easier, and yeah. a festival center, a permanent location that's not reusing an old uh, attraction is going to be a we'll good... We'll just have to see when it's all said and done, though. So. Yeah, that's true. It did house, again, one of my all-time favorite attractions and one I miss the most, and it's kind of a plug to an episode we did not too long ago. We did we actually did an episode of, uh, on Horizons. Yep. Um, which is still to this day of the attractions that have gone away, I consider my most missed attraction yeah. that they've ever done away with. I'd agree with that. But do you, if you want to, you can. we can do a link in the show notes to that one yeah. uh, as well, just to kind of refer back to it since we did mention it. Yep. So if you were interested in that. Yeah, we'll yeah. go talk about it at, at length there. So, yeah. Well, that's the main topics for this week. So just on kind of like side ones, I, I thought of this one because I didn't really see a story, but I happened to see like a video clip here not too long ago about the Skyliner testing mm-hmm. and how they're testing it with actual workers in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That's kind of a good sign. And they were, they seemed to be like, like when they came, they were constantly moving, it seemed like. Yeah. So it almost seems like they're going to do it sort of like an omni mover, like it slows down right. for, for loading. Yeah, kind of like people mover, right? It completely stops, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That might keep the lines lower for sure as far as use. I don't really know how popular a, a form of transportation this is going to be to start with, to be quite honest with you. I don't know how how they're going to space them out, you know. But it seems like they're going to be able to move quite a good many people based on just what I've seen in the testing. I don't know how many people per hour it's expected to pass through there, but it looks like it could be a lot. Yeah. I mean, compare that. You know, like I say to the monorail, which does make stops, loads people, you know, however many minutes and then goes in comparison to a mode of transportation that seems to be moving to some degree the entire time. It might actually end up moving more people back and forth than than does the monorail. Yeah, it could. I think the only downside of it is that if you're going like Hollywood Studios to Epcot, you always have to disembark and get on another one. So it really depends on how busy the other stations are as to how quick you can get from one to the other. Well, there's a connector, yeah, but, I mean, basically the Caribbean Beach hub is going to be like the transportation and ticket center for it. So, I mean, it's not much different in that aspect. Right. But I'm just hoping that all the stations have the capacity that can hold. It won't be busy, too busy at one where... You know, you can easily get off and get on the next line and not have to wait too long at one of the stations. And I know they haven't given a date on this one, but I'm still optimistic that they might roll this out before or around Galaxy's Edge as well. Because mm-hmm. it would definitely help with the traffic. And I, I can't help but notice that their early testing specifically seemed to be that Studios line. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it exactly. just seemed kind of suspicious that they're worried about that and then they've announced galaxy's edge 
Right. You see what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a transportation option when Galaxy's Edge opens. But again, in coming months, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll get something more official, if not in the next couple of months, definitely by D23. So Yeah, this looks very close to being ready to open. I don't right. see why this can't It seems like the platforms it. are the only things that's holding it back right now, the yeah. finishing them. Right. And if... And if they get it finished down to, you know, just touch-up work, I'm sure they'll open it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel you. like. But Here's a really cool story, if you have a lot of money. Next week on Earth Day, for, for three days, actually, you can sign up for what they're calling a Tiffin's Talk with Joe Rody. So you have a lunch and a meet-and-greet where he will speak. And you can meet Joe Rody at Tiffin's at Animal Kingdom from April 20th to the 22nd, which is Earth Day and the two days following, from 1 to 3 p.m. So it's a two-hour event. You can call 407-WDW-DINE to try and get space for this. It's probably already sold out, honestly, by the time we're talking about this, but it is $199 plus tax. And it's a four-course lunch featuring global dishes, desserts, and specialty beverages. And, of course, getting to hear from Joe Rody and meet Joe Rody. So, that's kind of cool. But, very expensive. Yeah. Also, we mentioned about Illuminations and its date. There are other nighttime shows that are going to be released very soon. We'll start with Hollywood Studios on May 1st. The new laser light and projection show called Wonderful World of Animation is going to debut in celebration of the park's 30th anniversary. We've learned that the show will have a 12-minute runtime and feature nods to every single animated Disney and Pixar movie spanning from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs all the way up to Ralph Breaks the Internet, which that's a lot in 12 minutes. So, A new soundtrack is about to be recorded, and they hope to be able to add new Disney and Pixar films to the show as they release them. They're going to try and stay relevant with this production to just in order to keep it fresh. So, Despite initial expectations, Wonderful World of Animation will not be replacing Disney Movie Magic or Star Wars A Galactic Spectacular, mm-hmm. but rather it will be added to the slate of nighttime shows. So that's hmm. interesting. That is interesting. Um, and it says, depending on park hours, all three shows could play on a given night. Hmm. So seems like overkill, but move, all right. Moving from that one over to Animal Kingdom, beginning on Memorial Day weekend, is a new version of the Tree of Life Awakenings that will pay tribute to 25 years of the Lion King, which the show is called Awakenings Lion King. Very clever title, right? <laughs> right. So that that would be um, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat to to have that. Then, of course, you know we already mentioned about Epcot having their show. Right. Yeah. There you go. Another quick one here is if you're in Tomorrowland these days, you're going to notice some new paint scheme outside of Anti Gravity's. It's orange now and white. It's kind of like creamsicle colored. It's interesting. It's very different from what you see, right, or what you have seen before. So. Maybe they're going to continue that on throughout Tomorrowland and change the whole color scheme. I don't know. So there you have it. It's there now. They've changed it like overnight recently. All right. So um, 
something that sparked a bit of speculation this past week. Um, the spitting camel removed from the magic carpets of Aladdin and the Magic Kingdom. I think this, again, was kind of misleading in the sense that it made it seem as though the one that gets you while you're on the ride was removed, but that one is, that's not the case. It's still there. They're talking about the one that's out in front by the sign. There was one that spit right there. Again, the statue's been like a staple, I guess, Mm -hmm. of that attraction. Not much is known about the reason why it's been moved from there now. It kind of now it's like a desert like garden area that they've done around this the magic uh, carpet sign. But you know, since what was it, two thousand one whenever it opened, they had one there that would kind of randomly, you know, spit it guess. spit out at <laughs> guests right there coming yeah. by. Maybe there were people that got annoyed with it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the one that's right beside the attraction is actually still there. So that's yeah. that one's the one that you can get spit on during the ride. Yeah, during still the ride, there, yeah. it's still there. So, you know, I, not to mislead with that one. Yeah, I have been walking by there when someone got surprise spit on <laughs> by that camel. They weren't expecting it, so uh, right. maybe maybe they got enough complaints about it where they're like, okay, we'll it's possible. stop this one. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. That's a little bit could, that's kind could of, happen. If you don't get the joke, I mean, from the movie, I mean, right. come on. And not only that, when you're approaching, if you're even looking around at all, you will see that there is a wet spot. <laughs> giant wet spot, yeah. In the, yeah, giant wet spot or area in the concrete there or what have you. Yeah. Sometimes so, it's so crowded, though, you can't see can't where it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that's part of it because it does bottleneck there. Well, mm-hmm. We've talked about that can't before. Imagine, can't imagine that we said anything about the fact that <laughs> this attraction was placed in like the worst spot ever of about any attraction there could possibly be, right? Exactly, so, yeah. But, anyway. All right, well, another qu- quick note here is that the guest experience team that we was deployed at Magic Kingdom late uh, last year at some point and uh, is, was made permanent at Magic Kingdom is now coming to Hollywood Studios starting this Sunday, April 14th. So if you need help with your magic bands or fast pass selections or anything with the My Disney Experience app, who doesn't need help with that these days? Maybe they can help you. I don't know. That's going to be really interesting if we have some issues with it next time. Find like, maybe they can get fast pass after 7. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. But because Galaxy's Edge is opening, they'll probably need uh, some extra guest services people there. It right. says guest experience team will be identified by their blue shirts and they will have a team logo featuring the Tower of Terror. So let's try to see. They're going to be located Sunset Boulevard near Tower of Terror, Fast Pass Kiosk, at the Pixar Place near the entrance to Toy Story Land. That's a good location. Echo Lake near the entrance to Path of the Jedi and Center Stage near the movie uh, Cameraman statue. That's a lot of locations for a park with six rides right now but all right all right so i think that uh pretty much wraps up the the good stuff for this week uh wouldn't you agree yes i do oh, um, okay. i do have some mousekeeping that i wanted to throw in before we end the show mousekeeping <laughs> mousekeeping not housekeeping I'm sorry mousekeeping. i'm sorry we were we uh refused we put the do not disturb sign out <laughs> it's now Room occupied, so there's no do not disturb anymore. 
Excuse me, <laughs> right? Like it makes a difference. But I wanted to plug our uh, giveaway for Disneyland Paris Park map that we're giving away. So if you go to our website for that, travelingthemouse.com slash giveaway, if you want to do that. And I, I, I'll mention this probably next week's show when I know when it's going to be released, but I was um, on another podcast, the Ride Through Pavilion podcast. I was interviewed by my friend Jeremy on that podcast for an upcoming episode uh, talking about the Parkeology Challenge. So uh, I'll give that a proper plug once I know when that's going to be released, but just sort of a heads up there that, that I will be a guest on his podcast. It's always cool anytime you have an opportunity to cross over to another podcast, you know, and kind of yeah. share information and, you know, help each other out, so to speak. Yeah. So, and hopefully we can at least get, get him on the show maybe to uh, at some point. But, yeah. It would be neat if we could have have more guests. You know, we've had, a, a, I guess, a couple in the past. Jason's kind of like a, a member, really, more so than a guest. Yeah. My brother, like, did show up over the phone unexpectedly yeah. i guess you could say for one time yeah we should have had a proper interview with him too but you know we, th- we threw something together out of that one but i mean it turned out okay yeah maybe we can try it again in the future yeah for sure all right so that wraps up this uh news edition as always you can find us on social media on facebook twitter and instagram that's all at twtm podcast uh, as always, we have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. We also have our website, travelingwiththemouse.com, where you can uh, get links to all those things and more. We also have an email address, podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And we have a Patreon page where... I actually just uploaded a video to our Patreon page of me demonstrating the FastPass Plus uh, tap grab modify method. So go to our Patreon page and check that video out for free for now. Uh, Patreon.com slash TWTM podcast. So for Adam Brown, I am John Martin, and this has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we'll see you on our next trip.